Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to our Connection Tech Experience podcast. We have a full house today. We'll get to introducing everybody in a moment, but let me give you the thesis, big idea here. One, we're continuing our Cybersecurity Month series, and our focus is about Intel vPro and how it really can be utilized to protect end-user devices. So lots of voices you're going to be hearing from today in a moment. You'll be hearing from Mark Sedinsky. He is with Intel. We also have our security team, Steve Nardoni, Bill Virtue, and Rob DiGeralmo on board. And three of us sharing questioning duty today. Myself, James Hilliard, executive podcast and webcast producer and host. Penny Conway, podcast host and senior program manager for Workplace Transformation. And we're bringing into the mix Rob McIntosh, our senior marketing programs manager. So, all right, lots of folks to get to, a lot of things we want to get to. And Penny, I'm going to kick things over to you to kick things off. So Mark, before we kind of get in and have you introduce yourself, the thing I noticed most importantly about this is that if everyone just takes a second and looks down on their computer, there likely is a little sticker that says um, vPro along with the Intel telling us core i5, i7, uh, whatever it might be. So why don't you give a little bit of an introduction about yourself and why you're here today and what Intel's got coming uh, with security around vPro. Fantastic. Mark Sedinsky, I'm with Intel. I'm the partner manager supporting all of Connection. From an Intel perspective, we have what's called a security first pledge. So everything that we're doing, everything that we're building starts and ends with security, you know, at the hardware level. You know, we feel that, you know, hardware layer, you know, is really what we can touch. You know, hardware-based security helps increase you know, the areas of protection and around identity and threat. So, you know, that's what we're doing. We continue to bring new technologies. We continue to integrate mitigations and security capabilities directly into the Intel technology while working with the entire ecosystem to make sure, you know, we're bringing solutions to market to address cybersecurity and help our customers. All right, Team James jumping on in here. And, and Bill, we just heard from Mark, right? Intel's thoughts around security, hardware-based security, et cetera. From your perspective, here at Connection, your thoughts on where Intel is headed in terms of security? Given the threats that we have today uh, on the endpoint, a lot of people are implementing software to protect that endpoint. And having something like uh, Intel-based on the hardware for protection uh, is not only cutting edge, but it's something that the, a lot of customers don't think about when they, when they have uh, any kind of an endpoint in place and it has that hardware Intel chipset in it, there's actually some inherent protection that they don't even realize. Okay, fantastic. Steve, what are your thoughts? So, uh, you know, we talk quite a bit about um, the current state of cyber threat and cyber risk. And one of the things we typically talk about is having technology that's available that basically can be easily integrated into the overall uh, cybersecurity stack. And one of the beauties of having something like Intel and their their chipset security, if you purchase a system and it's got the Intel chipset, it's readily available to you to be able to leverage and to utilize. So it's essentially you know, you do have to configure it, but you don't have to think about it, right? It's already there. And it, it builds in at the endpoint, as Bill indicated, right? Critical component of, of cybersecurity protection. It gives you the ability to be able to build in that layer into that endpoint security. And, uh, you know, we work very closely with Mark and Intel on a regular basis and, uh, you know, are, are, are big fans of the, the vPro chipset. Fantastic. Rob? Yeah, kind of to echo what 
what Bill and Steve have already covered, but I think it's it's really easy for us in the industry to think about security attacks coming over a network, right? So how do I protect my network? How do I protect my assets that way? But, you know, sometimes it's overlooked at the, at the um, hardware level. So, you know, do I have crypto mining going on in my environment? How do I know that aside from looking at network traffic? Well, something like the, the um, Intel chips can discover that and alert and, and notify. So that's pretty powerful, right? You get all these different layers. Now you're looking at the network. Now you can also get something on the hardware level that is huge and very beneficial. And Rob, I see you over there. You're itching to get in here. So what's your question? So I'm the end user here. I'm, I'm that guy that doesn't know what's uh, under the hood or what I should be looking at. But I, I, Mark, I'm going to ask you, what are, you know, what are some of the things I should be asking as an end user? What are some of the things that should be a real concern to me? And what are some of those issues that, that Intel answers you know, for me that, uh, that I may not even have known about? So all, all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes, can you kind of go into detail on that? Sure, Rob. So first of all, from, you know, as everyone said, you look at endpoints and you need to secure the edge. You need to secure the device. And Intel's a foundational technology, you know, in the majority of devices. So what we're bringing to market is we continue to integrate security capabilities. We build right into the vPro stack as an example. So we're integrating capabilities where working with Steven team, you know, as they talk with customers, do um, security assessments, you know, Intel has the ability to directly, you know, work with identity and threat protection as an example. So how we could help customers take advantage of technologies that they already have that, you know, they don't need additional hardware but as Steve said before, yeah, you have to, you know, turn on some of these capabilities. You have to understand how Intel and Microsoft, for example, are innovating and collaborating together. So how BitLocker, as an example, you know, gets stored and hardened on the Intel, you know, system on, within the Intel um, hardware. So that's hardware and software working together. So, Rob, what you need to do is you need to think about, you know, your edge device. How do you protect it? How do you personalize it? And by personalizing, I mean, you know, multi-factor authentication. So how you can, whether it's biometrics, using your fingerprint, your secure pin, Bluetooth proximity. Everyone has a phone. But that's a way for you as an individual to personalize your device. And Steve and team, you know, can help ensure that companies meet their security policies while each individual user, you know, gets that personalization, but multi-factors in order to get in to the system and make it more secure. So, so does all this start at, at sort of the install level, you know, when you're, when you're first purchasing your equipment um, and, and you're setting things up? Is, that, is it all factory done? Is it all customized? I, I mean, how does all that work together? So we, you have to customize the solution, right? Um, and, and the question is, you know, um, are you purchasing it based upon its capability uh, or is it there for you to leverage? Uh, you know, we, one of the things that we love uh, as we're talking to customers about various security risk is we find, when we find out they've purchased something and they have available capability, but they're not aware that they have it, right? So we can help them turn it on, right? Whether or not it's 
it's a you know a firewall that may be a unified threat management firewall whether they're not turning on all the features or whether or not it's an endpoint where they don't recognize they have this chipset on there they bought the system it's available, but they're not leveraging the capability. You know, I, I find that more and more when, when you buy a lot of this technology that you don't realize all of the different assets that it has, yeah, sure. and, you know, and then you go, ah, oh, man, I, I just got this, you know, this, this attack on me. Well, do you have this thing turned on? What would you have what turned on? And then all of a sudden somebody dives in and says, look, you got to go into your settings here and make sure that this thing is all, you know, working for you. And, uh, and I, I think that's where a lot of people fall down. And again, I think that's where, you know, this team kind of shines is at those beginning stages, you know, really not just setting things up, but educating, you know, the the end user on on how that stuff works. I think that's really, really important for our customers. And is that part of that whole assessment process? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the question is whether or not a customer has built a, a good, solid, purpose built, right, infrastructure paying attention to cybersecurity risk across the whole ecosystem or whether or not they have the skills to do that. And there are mm-hmm. companies out there that have that capability. We all know there's a huge shortage of cybersecurity professionals in the industry, right? So we know that uh, a lot of the companies that are out there are challenged because they can't get skilled, trained, qualified people to come in and support cybersecurity in their environment. And that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of systems that are not leveraging all the capability. They buy to do one thing and they don't recognize that it can do many things and they just haven't turned it on. But as part of our assessment process, we do uncover that. Bill, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how the SLO allows that to happen. Sure. As we go through the security landscape optimization assessment, we uh, one of the first categories we touch on is endpoint. And a lot of times customers are just more focused on the fancy new widget that they bought in software and, and getting that in place and getting installed. But and when we work through that, the 38 data points that we collect, we find that they, uh, a lot of times they'll just take the default settings of, of you know out of the box. Whatever works out of the box, now I'm protected. And it isn't until we do uh, looking at the analysis of the assessment and start making recommendations on how they can mitigate risk where we get into the actual tuning of the environment. So we can tweak and tune any hardware piece, we get into the BIOS and configure that. We get into the software and reconfigure that. A lot of customers have good technology in place, but they just take it out of the box and, and plug it and turn it on and say, okay, I'm protected, I'm safe. And that's not really the way it works. Is that part of the health check or is that... Um, that's the security landscape optimization, the SLO. Got it. So, Bill, thinking about the tuning and enabling features, how often do you see in these assessments where customers are buying different technologies with duplicate capabilities and we're identifying that to let them know yeah all the time there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover in technologies and and uh, a lot of times that conflicts sometimes so we that's that's the stuff that we like to uncover and understand what it is they have in in their environment how is it configured and what's talking to what and why you know so with the endpoint area right as bill mentioned one of the first areas we cover with the slo uh, one of the things that we do is we're talking to a customer and they're struggling with authentication, right? They don't they they believe that they don't have the appropriate level of tight security control in that area. Um, first question we can ask them is, are you running the Intel V Pro chipset, right? If they're running that chipset, um, we can ask them, are you configuring it or utilizing it in any way to leverage any of the tighter security controls and features it provides you to include the ability, again, as Mark mentioned earlier, to manage multi-factor, right, whether it's certificates or some other form of, of second factor. And many times they have it and they don't recognize and they don't know how to turn it on, right? And that's something that we can jump in and we can help them with, try and, you know, try and resolve. 
And again, that's it's pretty common uh, in a lot of the work we're doing with our customers, you know, especially in a small and medium business space where, again, they don't have the highly qualified cybersecurity professionals that really sort of drill in, uh, you know, and and uh, and really figure out how stuff works. I mean, think about, um, I know I'm one of these people that I have a, you know, very powerful smartphone, right? And I use it to do the functions that I need to do on a regular basis, and it does that really well. I don't spend a lot of time figuring out what I could do on the phone that I'm currently mm-hmm. not doing, right? And so it's sort of human nature, right? All right, some good stuff there, Rob, Steve, and Bill. Do do appreciate that. Mark, wanted to come back to the table, and you, you teased earlier. I want to flesh this out now a bit more. Intel's Security First Pledge. Give us those details. Okay, so Intel has what we're calling a Security First Pledge. We continue to work with the ecosystem, so on a quarterly basis, we're providing updates to any vulnerabilities that have been identified in the market, whether we're working with, you know, folks like Google or others to identify, you know, side channel vulnerabilities in market, opportunities for that backdoor access to a system. The good news is Intel continues to identify with the industry Possible entry points, we lock it down, we update firmware, we update drivers. So that's our security first pledge, that we're going to constantly work with the ecosystem. And then we work with the OEMs to to provide firmware and driver updates that we push out. And then Steve and team, you know, we provide them with the updates. So then we could reach out to customers and make sure that the latest patches, the latest updates have been you know, enhanced within their environment. And Mark, before we got ready to record this podcast, you had told me that you had a few questions for our security team. So I figured now's a good point. You can dive into a couple of those. Sure. A question I'd have for the team. When you think about vPro, vPro brings a lot of different capabilities to market, including management, including integrated security. And we like to look at it that a managed system is a more secure system. So within the security landscape optimization, and you're talking about pushing patches, you're talking about, you know, the edge, the devices, do you get into a discussion with the customer, how they're managing those devices? How are they providing updates, you know, across their environment? Because if they have 50 devices, 100 devices, you know, how do you reach them efficiently and effectively? Well, we make recommendations when we when we uncover risk. So if we do uncover risk on the endpoint, uh, we do make some recommendations based on whatever risk that we find. Uh, but a lot of times, like I say, they don't get into the details of how to configure protection on the endpoint so that it remediates that risk. They take it out of the box, they plug it in, they turn it on, they might make some few settings, but there's a lot more behind that that they just don't even get into. So when we do uncover that, and it is a risk that they have, we make those recommendations. Now, a lot of times they'll want to take it a step further. So that's when they engage us on the services side and say, hey, I don't know how to do that. To Steve's point, they lack that knowledge. So can you come in and help me configure this so that that endpoint is more protected? So. Yeah, we do focus on a couple of things that are really important. And I think, you know, universally, we, we subscribe to the philosophy that patch management is, is one of the most important things you can do in any type of an environment to provide a good information security program or risk management program. And we do cover that. So if customers are not patching their systems, we're going to identify that as a risk and we're going to explain to them what they can do 
in order to be able to make sure that they're covering that, right? What are the attackers doing? You know, we had a conversation the other day and somebody said something about, I don't like calling, you know, attackers lazy. Um, in reality, what they're doing is they're looking for the most efficient way to attack an environment. And if there are patches that are missing in systems and they have access to them, that's the low-hanging fruit, right? There sure. are already scripts that exist for them to be able to actively attack and, and leverage and take advantage of those systems that may have weaknesses. So definitely a core component of that. And on the managed side, we definitely uh, express to our customers how important it is to do 24 by 7 by 365 monitoring and management of your environment. And there is a component in the security landscape optimization as well where we cover managed security services. You know, some of the other key components that are really critical are um, testing frequently, right? And doing so doing ethical hacking outside and inside is something is a, is a core component that we're paying attention to. And that can, of course, identify weaknesses in endpoints or any systems, right? Um, and maybe help identify areas where the Intel chipset can help them strengthen, uh, you know, vulnerabilities that are found in systems. We cover incident response very significantly as well because, you know, as we always say, it's you have to prepare for the when you are going to be breached. So be prepared and how you're going to respond when that happens. And we cover things like business continuity and disaster recovery, which all play into this whole you know, model, right? Am I patching? Am I prepared? How do I respond? You know, and all of that. So, you know, all those are pretty key components that are part of the process. I think on the server side, Steve, it's, it's, uh, they sometimes get more involved in the configuration of server protection. Uh, they seem to be more concerned about their servers than they do, you know, the laptops and the endpoints that they're deploying at the user level. The user levels are usually more automated when they update them and then patch them. Uh, and if it works, it works. Uh, but on the service side, it's more manual, so they seem to be more concerned. Yeah, we see that quite frequently. Part of that's probably control. I can control the yeah. server. Endpoints are kind of out that's in the right. wild, right? Where they're, some people just consider endpoints lost, and they do their best to manage them and, and control them. But servers, you know, our clients really have a good control of. And, yep, yeah. and Intel's security first pledge goes from the edge to the data center. Yep. So we're, we want to make sure not only are we securing those endpoints, but we're also securing the server infrastructure and bringing those technologies. And you're right, you know, folks will think about, you know, what not only is Intel, but the um, OEM vendors are bringing to market. We're integrating things such as the TPM right into the, you know, chipset. We're building in mitigations and that address vulnerabilities right into the technology. So we continue to evolve and advance and it's going from the edge to the data center. Mark, and one of the things I think it would be useful for the listeners, uh, if we could, um, the version of vPro and what they should be looking for if they are running an Intel chipset, how do they, how do they identify whether or not they have uh, the latest technology? Okay, fantastic. So clearly the latest technology is on the new systems. So that's easy, right? If they're buying 8th gen, you know, that's going to have the latest version. vPro has been around for over 12 years. And we have software tools that work with existing management consoles where, in essence, connection through your security landscape optimization, you could activate that software tool and basically do an inventory of their environment. And through that inventory, we could help identify what versions of vPro are out there. So there's a lot of value there because customers, you know, for years and years have been buying it. Maybe they've activated newer devices, but haven't activated the older devices. 
So, you know, we look at it, it's hardware, software working together, but we have tools to help identify what's in the inventory and it could help a seller at connection understand that, hey, just through this assessment tool, you know, there's a lot of old stuff out there. So that's an opportunity as part of the security recommendation, you know, bring in new devices, let's manage those devices, let's be able to enhance and augment the way patches get pushed. Yeah, that's a really good point about the devices that may not be consistently configured across the ecosystem, right? So systems that that may not be configured and others that might. And, and ultimately, what we advise all our customers on is that uniform approach across the entire ecosystem. You want every system to be protected at the same level. You want every system to have the capability to detect and react and give you the capability to react and respond to events. And so leveraging that consistent you know, control and process and policy across all of your systems, across the entire ecosystem is really very important. I, I want to do one more thing here because we went from, from Mark to the, the crew. I, I'd like our, our team here, because uh, we have a powerhouse. I mean, Intel obviously is a, is a powerhouse in, in the industry. We'd love to know, since you got Mark here, and what you might want to ask that the audience would be interested in of Mark as far as what's going on in Intel, maybe some of the new things that are coming out or you know, stuff you might have run into that's like, hey, this is an issue, Intel. Can you help us here? Well, so, you know, my thought would be, uh, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, Rob, uh, getting a in, uh, good insight into where Intel is going next, right? We probably, you know, obviously can't get into details on proprietary information, but is there anything you can share, Mark, that is sort of like the next big thing that Intel is going to Oh, no, get into the proprietary stuff. I want, I want to break it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. As I get handcuffed and walk out. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but tech experience gets uh, ratings. We come visit you, Mark. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's always good to have friends. Yeah, I think from an Intel standpoint, you know, what we keep doing is adding capabilities within the technology, whether it's, compute, so in the CPU, but we have a full platform of offerings. So storage and memory, we continue to bring new technologies there, networking, new capabilities there. And once again, security first is the pledge. And the value to, you know, all the listeners is understanding how Intel, you know, not only are we going to bring the technology, but we're working with the ecosystem. So we'll work with Microsoft. We'll discuss what security capabilities they're bringing, what Intel's bringing and how they could work together. And then connection through the landscape optimization can help a customer understand what's value to them. You know, how do they take advantage of those key technologies? Because we could all provide a laundry list and that list goes on and on. You know, there's not that much value in just telling, hey, Mr. Customer, look at this long list. Let's understand what that customer needs, you know, back to a managed device is a more secure device. How do we simplify that process? And yes, there's a level of effort to turn some of those capabilities on, but the typical customer is going to have some type of management console already. We all know they have edge devices, so they have notebook desktop. So, you know, how can we all work together to take advantage of existing capability and talk about how the new technologies can augment what they already have and how we could all benefit. 
Mark, we have covered a lot of ground here. Want to give you a moment or two to touch on kind of the last couple of items that you really want us to take away from our chat. And then, folks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn things back to Penny. We got a couple of questions. They may or may not tie directly to security, but we'll, we'll come back to that shortly. I think at a base level, when I look at what connection is selling, the majority of the devices that are going to customers, those new devices, have vPro technology. Steve and I keep talking about what a great opportunity when new devices go to market. It's an opportunity for an SLO. You know, let's talk to that customer about security. We could certainly talk to Intel Security First Pledge, but more importantly, let's work together on that assessment and where endpoints fit within the overall security landscape and then tie it back to the data center. I would agree. A lot of missed opportunity by not, you know, emphasizing the capabilities that are purpose built into these systems. And, you know, one of the things we'd love to see from a security practice perspective is listeners that are hearing this that don't know whether or not they're running it or whether or not it's configured appropriately, reach out to Connection. We'd love to have a conversation and get engaged with you. And Steve, to that end, I'm going to follow up in just a moment here. We'll give some follow-up information to our audience. But first, want to hand it back to Penny. I mentioned she's got some questions, Mark, for you. We wanted to use these as kind of a way to wrap up this chat. So Penny, take it away. So Mark, we're going to kind of pivot from the security, Intel security conversation and ask you uh, three questions about just some random topics. Get your feedback a little bit. So if you weren't in your Intel role, which you love so much today, what would you be doing for a job? I think I'd be a professional golfer. Not oh. that I'm good enough, <laughs> but you know, if I wasn't working for Intel. It's a dream world. <laughs> you know, that technology world, right? Let's, you know, how could I take advantage of you're just having fun. So, yeah, play golf. So you'd go from chip sets to chip shots. Ooh. <laughs> Correct. Well, that's nice. a good one. Like that. <laughs> well that's good. There's well too many chunks of those chip shots, though, today. So, <laughs> so that's why I'm not quitting my day job. But, you know, Penny, to your question, that's what I'd like to do. You know, I was reality is I still stay in technology. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for your personal use, what's your favorite app? We were talking about it earlier. I love Waves. Because Waze gets me to where I need to be. It's simple. And what's your least favorite app? The one you find yourself always using that you wish you didn't have to use? That's a great question, Penny. Hmm. Well, from an app, I guess my least favorite would be something like a Salesforce. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's so much inspection that goes with that tool, right? You know, you, you start to get weary about what you're putting in because then people are going to start asking you questions. So, <laughs> so that's my least favorite, but it's also a necessary evil. I love it. And that's a, it's a good way for us to learn a bit more about you. So a professional golfer who loves to use Waze and wishes he didn't have to use Salesforce as much as he does. <laughs> yeah, so please don't send this to my boss. <laughs> <laughs> streaming live, streaming live. I think we, I think we all have that uh, work application that we love and hate at the same time. I can go find as much as I want, but at the same time, it's not my favorite thing to use. All right, team. Well, hey, good chat, good insights. 
and a good place to wrap things up. Folks, I promise some ways to contact the team. Really, first and foremost, talk to your account managers or your BDMs if you already have a relationship, right? Something in place. If you don't, we do welcome you to contact us. Best place is point your browser to connection.com. You can find contact information as well as more information on Intel products as we've been discussing and talking about here today in terms of the pro. On behalf of Mark from Intel and Rob and Rob and Bill and Steve and myself and Penny and everyone here at Connection. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Tech Experience, and we do look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you.